Welcome to the Vineyard Church of Greater Portland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more podcasts and other resources, please visit www.vineyardportland.org. great, isn't it, that when you're in Jesus, I mean, tough stuff comes, like Jim said this morning during worship, but it's always well with your soul in Christ, no matter what's going on around you, what's happening to you, all kinds of stuff comes down the pipe that we don't see coming, but God is faithful, and um, whatever it is, it's always going to be well in Christ. It's not necessarily going to be easy. Okay, but it's always going to be well. Jesus is good. God is good. You know, the world in which we live, though, there's a lot that's not well about the world we're in. Have you noticed that? That the world we're in actually is a world that's shrouded in darkness. And that darkness comes in many forms. Sometimes it comes in the form of severe exploitation. We see that all over the planet, including in our own country. Sometimes it comes in the form of systematic oppression. We see that in plenty of places. Sometimes in the form of searing violence. Think of the things that we've witnessed, both in this country and around the globe, just in the last few weeks. Think of the horror of Christchurch in New Zealand. Think of the horror of Sri Lanka. Think even yesterday and just weeks ago in Pennsylvania where two different synagogues were violated and people's lives taken. We live in a world that is shrouded in darkness and it manifests itself in all kinds of ways. It's incessant, it's instantaneous sometimes and the images can be desensitizing because we see so much of it. I don't know about you, but I, I sometimes shake my head and think, like, why am I not feeling more about what I'm seeing and hearing? Because there's so much of it that floods over our TV screens, our smartphones, our laptops, our iPads. I mean, we're all the time being inundated with this information. So much of it is dark. We're bombarded with it as Christians. And sometimes what it does is it causes us as followers of Jesus, those whom God calls children of the light, to shrink back and hide from the darkness. But you know, this is not what God wants us to do, is it? He has a different course of action for us as children of the light. As his people who are in a world, um, we're in a world that's broken, a world that's shrouded in darkness. The scripture says we're in the world, but we're not of the world. That's not just a little rhetorical flourish. There's something significant and substantive about that. We are in the world, but we're not of it. And in the world in which God has placed us, he calls us to shine. 
so that through us he can penetrate that shroud of darkness and reach the world with the light of the transforming love of Christ. Yesterday morning I was over uh, at the, uh, the Rock Church with about 170 other believers from you know, 25, 30 other churches uh, getting trained by the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association in how to more effectively share Christ. And I thought, what an example of the body of Christ coming together to be prepared to shine the love and transforming power of Christ to a world that's broken and shrouded in darkness. I met Steve. Is Steve here this morning? Steve Whiting? Steve and Patty? Yeah, there he is. And I met them over there, and Todd was there yesterday, I know, and I met a bunch of other people I know. And um, I was talking to Steve and Patty, and he goes, uh, over here to learn how to, learning how to, or something like, are you here to learn how to find out, are you here to learn how to share Jesus? And I said, yeah. <laughs> said, there's always something to learn. And there was, and it was excellent. And I feel, you know, so much more equipped actually now to share Jesus than I did before being there yesterday morning. We are called to be light bearers in this world. Not to pull back because the world is shrouded in darkness. I want to read a text to you, uh, to you this morning that really speaks to this so wonderfully. It's in Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 to 3, and this is what it says. Now, this is the prophet Isaiah. And he says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. And thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you. And his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light. And kings to the brightness of your dawn. Now this word from Isaiah. Let me make this clear. Was, was and is in the first instance a word to Israel. God called a people Israel. To him, and he said they were to be a light to a world ensnared in darkness. Earlier, God declares also through Isaiah these words I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand, I will keep you, and I will make you a covenant for people and a light for the Gentiles. And this call is reiterated and expanded. The Lord speaking through Isaiah again says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light to the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Now Tom Wright is one of my favorite theologians says this about Israel, he says, Israel was the people through whom God intended to shine his light into the world's dark corners. Not simply to show up evil, but to enable people who are blundering around in the dark to find their way. Yet ultimately what God called a people to do was in fact done through a singular person. A person who came from that people that God had called and named. One who declared himself to be the light of the world. 
One who did not come to do away with the story of that people, but to bring it to completion. Through him, the door was opened not only for Israel, but for the whole world to come to God's and know God's salvation. Tom Wright goes on to say, He was the light of the world, set up on a hilltop, crucified for all the world to see, becoming a beacon of hope and new life for everybody, drawing people to worship the Father, embodying the way of self-giving love, which is the deepest fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Because this is true, those original words spoken through Isaiah to Israel, I believe apply to us through Christ now spiritually. They should resonate and reverberate in each of our lives. So what does that mean? What is, it, what is God saying from this text that was first spoken through Isaiah the prophet to us now as God's new covenant people in Christ. Well, I think the best way to understand that is just to ask some simple questions of the text and see what it's saying to us. What is God calling us to? See what the Holy Spirit wants to uh, open up to us from this prophetic paradigm. And the first question is this, and it has to do with you. What do you have to do? And this is what the text says. Arise, shine, for your light has come. What you need to do is arise and shine. Two things. You have to rise and you have to shine. Now, I've used this illustration once many years ago, but I've only used it once before so I can use it again. And I'm going to do this morning. When I was a teenager, and I can think back that far, there was a time when this old gray-bearded guy was a teenager. And like most teenagers, I used to love to sleep. And particularly at the weekend when I didn't have school, I wanted to just hang out in bed and sleep until late in the morning, unless I had a football match or a soccer game. I would just lay in bed and sleep and love it. I don't have to get up. I don't have to go to school. I can just nestle in here to the pillow and, you know, be dead to the that's a good thing to be, actually, by the way, dead to the world. But um, so I would lay there and I would sleep. And my dad, God bless him, he would come in after several hours when he felt really, Mario, you should be up by now and about the day. And he would open the door and he would come in. We were in England, so go with this. And he would have a cup of tea in hand. And he would come into the room and he would say, Mario, Arise and shine. And I would like grab the pillow and put it over my head. Go away, Dad. And he would leave a cup of tea there as an incentive to get me to do just that, to arise and shine. Then later when I had four kids and they were all teenagers, whoa, was that a trip? Trying to get them up in the morning at the weekends. Especially on a Sunday when we were coming to church. And it was like, that was like pulling teeth sometimes. But it can be like that a little bit for us spiritually. We like, you know, get into a place of slumber. God wants us to arise and shine. The picture here is one of God's people called to rise up from an abject place to one where they embrace the glory that is theirs in him. 
This is what the Lord is saying to us, I believe, this morning. We need to arise and shine. Get up and give light. There's plenty of darkness in the world to go around, isn't there? More than we want to see. Actually, we don't want to see any of it, but there's so much to go around. And yet at times it seems like that darkness is closing in and smothering the light. Now we know that that in reality is not happening. But sometimes, certainly ultimately it's not happening. It seems like that's happening. But God says to us this morning, hey, don't cower in fear. Doesn't the Bible say in another place, we've not been given in Timothy the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind? We're not supposed to cower back and hunker down in fear because of the darkness that's out there. However pervasive it is, however wicked it is, however destructive it is, and it's all of those things. Hear the words the Lord spoke by Isaiah. Arise and shine. What does that actually mean? Well, Jesus gives us, thankfully... New Testament words from his mouth to us. He says this. This is early in the Sermon on the Mount. After he's listed the Beatitudes, he says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a lamp, take a a light, a lamp, and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. And it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, now these words are important. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So how do we arise and shine? You make a decision by faith, and so do I, to get up and confront the darkness. And you do that by being what you now are, light. You engage in the stuff of the kingdom. You know, the way to overcome darkness is not to be fascinated by it or fearful of it, but rather cast light into it. That's the way to overcome darkness. Jesus is clear about what this looks like. He says, you have to position yourself to emit the light. He uses two illustrations to get that point across. The first is a city on a hill. Now, cities of antiquity were often built of white limestone. And they would gleam in the sun. At night, lights, oil lamps, and the light from oil lamps would light up the entire city. And it would shed light over the surrounding area. So that no city on a hill was going to be hid. It was going to be clear for everyone to see. And Jesus is using that illustration. Then secondly, he says, it's kind of like the common lamp, which then was an oil lamp. That was the source of light for people domestically. People would never light a lamp, an oil lamp, and put it under a bowl. They wouldn't hide the light. No, they put it on a stand so that the light from that lamp could admit 
and provide light in the room, in the house, where they were, for everyone in the house. And it's these two illustrations that Jesus is using for us. And then he says those important words. In the same way, let your light shine before men. Like the city on the hill, like the lamp on the stand, let your light shine before men. In the same way. What does in the same way mean? It means just as a city is positioned on a hill and a lamp is positioned on a stand, so you have to position yourself and so do I before others so that they can see that light that's going to be emitted from our life, from who we are in Jesus. In other words, you mustn't be You must not hide from, and your light must not be hidden from, the darkness, but rather exposed to it to reveal the reality of God's light. So my encouragement to you today is position yourself to shine and do that by engaging in kingdom life and activity as as God leads you and guides you by the Holy Spirit to do that. And we're all called to do that. We may be called to do that differently, in different degrees and in different ways, but we're all called to do that. That they may, and how do you do that? So that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. There's something tangible Jesus puts on this. He doesn't leave it vague and airy-fairy. He says, so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. There's a connection between your good deeds and the glory that goes to the Father in heaven. To defeat darkness in the world around us, we have to arise and shine, which Jesus defines as doing good deeds that others will see and that will in turn bring praise and honor and glory to his Father in heaven. So let your light shine, because when it does, that's exactly what's going to happen. Let me put some flesh on those bones for you so it gets practical. Every single act, however small, of kindness... Every act of generosity, every act of compassion, every act of comfort, every act of giving, every act of healing, every act of encouragement, every act of care, every act of goodness, every act rooted in and energized by the light of God's love pushes back the darkness. But notice the phrase Jesus uses again. It's good deeds, not good intentions. Let me park there a moment. You know what road is paved with good intentions and it's not the road to heaven. Over the years, many times I've heard people make great declarations of intent about the kingdom and what they're going to do. But when the rubber meets the road, there's no follow through. No follow through. It's all talk and no action. Sounds good. Thankfully, more often, what I've experienced, I'm glad to say, is people who simply do what Jesus said. They just do what needs to be done in kingdom terms. They don't make a big fanfare about it. They just love Jesus, love people, and do what God wants done. And they shine their light in the way that God calls them to. And it makes an impact. 
in people's lives and it brings glory to God. The truth is deeds, actions, are the witness to the manifestation of kingdom light. Words are important, but words only go so far, right? Actions really do, in kingdom terms, speak louder than words. You know, Jesus spent a lot of his ministry both speaking words and doing deeds. And that's what we've been called to. So I, I want to challenge you this morning. Don't be a hidden follower of Jesus. Don't be a passive, somebody else can serve because I'm too busy or I'm too bored to follow Jesus. Or don't be a, I'm going to sit around and bemoan the encroachment of darkness, lie down in defeat and do nothing about it, follower of Jesus. Get up and give some light. We can all do that. Irrespective of what our gifting is, we have the spirit of the living God in us. You, and this is not hype. This is not a like cheerleading song. You can change the world. You can change the, your world where you are by emitting the light of Christ. Piercing the darkness with his grace and truth, his love and his mercy. In the places where you work, where you live, where you hang out. The stuff you do in your life. The college you're at, wherever you are. And when we do that, what will God do? Well, going back to Isaiah's word, it's this. The Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. God meets us with a beautiful promise of his presence. When you get up and give light by faith and obedience to God's command, he will rise upon you. And appear over you. This means the Lord will meet you. As you choose to shine your light. In the way that Jesus called each of us to do. He will rise up and appear over you. With the anointing of his spirit. That's what God does. Because we can't do anything of any worth in the kingdom. Without the Holy Spirit's enablement. As you engage in kingdom activity, good deeds, others will see it. And ultimately, Jesus says, now this is Jesus' word. He says, when others see your good deeds, they will give glory to your Father in heaven. That's a promise from Jesus. He's saying, you do this, and that is what will happen. The scripture tells us that as we work, God works in us. I'm going to quote a bunch of things from Paul here. Paul says this, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good pleasure. So God is working in you and working through you to accomplish his good pleasure. When you work, when you do the stuff of the kingdom, God is involved in that. It's not just you. You're collaborating with, you're working with, you're cooperating with God. And he's working through you. Like darkness may cover the earth. Thick darkness may be over the peoples of the earth. And that's as true today as it was when Isaiah spoke that word. But here's the promise of God. He will rise upon you. He will, his glory will appear over you. Let your light shine by serving him. 
Do good deeds that will bring glory to him. And he'll be right there with you. Jim reminded us this morning in worship at one point that he will never leave us or forsake us. His presence is with us. You can have confidence in that promise because as Paul says to the Thessalonians, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. God won't lead you into a place to shine your light for him and then back off. He'll be faithful. The truth is, you, as you shine, God will shine on you because he shines on his people and he longs to do that. It's an awesome reality. You are one of the people of God. We are a group of the people of God. And that means God wants to share his glory with us. He wants to share his glory with you. Let your light shine. Drive back the darkness. Reflect the light of God's glory. I'm on a Paul kick this morning. Paul says this. As we who with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory. What do we reflect? With unveiled faces, we reflect the Lord's glory. And he goes on to say, are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. We reflect the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed by him into his image. And that's happening with ever increasing degrees of glory. In other words, there's an illumination process at work through your life. God is bringing illumination through your life. As you shine, you reflect the Lord's glory to the world around you that is shrouded in darkness. You touch other people's lives with the light of Christ. He wants you to share that glory. He wants to share his glory with you. The empowerment of the spirit, a spirit-directed and transformed life, is the way in which God shares his glory with us, and then we get to share that with one another and the world that's around us. You've been filled with his presence and his power. Paul says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Then he says this, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. When you rise to shine, God will rise upon you and his glory will appear over you. And as you shine for him, he will shine on you and through you. And you'll share his glory with others and become more, Paul says, like the glorious one. The last question I want to ask of this text is, what will others do? And this is what Isaiah says. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Now, obviously, that was first, as I said initially, a prophetic word to Israel. But I'm applying that reality this morning to us as children of the light in Christ. The prophetic promise is clear. 
When you shine and God shines on you, others will come to your light. They will be attracted to you like a moth is to light. You know, you switch on, you switch on the light, right? Now, it may not be as instantaneous as that. But when we shine that light, others will come. Notice the phrase. It says, come to your light. Nations will come to your light. And kings will, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. The promise to Israel and the promise to God's larger people is one of possession. We actually possess that light. It's ours. Yours. I've quoted a lot from Paul this morning. I'm going to give you a, another couple. This is one where he says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. Something's happened to us, hasn't it? We were once darkness, but we aren't anymore. We're light. And now the injunction is live as children of the light. Don't live as children of the darkness. You're no longer darkness. You're light now. Live as children of the light. You have a new identity in Christ. You are light, no longer darkness. When you let your light shine, this is exactly what you are doing. Having had the light of life, as Paul says, shine in your heart, now you are that very light. It's been absorbed into your life, in a sense, by faith. And then by obedience, you omit that light to others. When you do those good deeds that Jesus says we are to do in order to bring glory to our Father in heaven. And when you do that, don't be discouraged. Jesus says others will come. Not everyone will. But others will come to that light. When you shine your light, it has significance is what I'm saying. Don't underplay the significance of the light that you are and that God has called you to shine. Others will come. Lives will be changed. People will come to Christ. Their destinies will be changed. And the journey will be changed from here to that point of destiny. The brightness of Christ's love radiating in your life will bring a new dawn in the lives of others. And that's what God wants. That's what he's called us to. The brightness of your dawning will mean a whole new day for somebody else. A whole new kingdom reality that they'll step into with Jesus. You know, when people see, and we're all a work in progress, I, I completely get that. But when people see some real love, some real joy, some real peace, some real patience, some real kindness, some real goodness, some real faithfulness, some real gentleness, some real self-control. All fruits of the Spirit of God as we are being transformed into the image of Christ. As they see those things emitted from our life, it's going to have an impact. It's going to touch them. 
And some are going to be attracted by that and respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing in them. So this morning, I just want to say to you, come on, shine. Shine. I say that to myself this morning. We are to shine the light of Christ. We have been given treasure, Paul says, that we have in these jars of clay. And God wants us not to keep it there, not to hide it like that lamp under a bowl, but to omit that light. And we do it by doing those things that God has called us to do. And the Holy Spirit will be faithful to lead us in the particulars of how that applies to each of our own lives. So arise and shine. Give up and give light. Get up and give light. Engage in the stuff of the kingdom. Do good deeds. God prepared, Paul says in another place, in advance for you to do. God's got all this stuff he prepared in advance for you to do and for me to do. So we don't even have to kind of like figure out what the good deeds are. He's prepared them in advance. He's given us the Holy Spirit who is our helper, counselor, guide, empowerer. We just have to step into that place. As Shanna said this morning during worship, press in by faith. Embrace God's spirit rising upon you, appearing over you. Draw those who are in darkness into the light. Position yourselves like that city on a hill, like that lamp on the stand, so others can see. Live like children of the light, Paul says. And he says if we do that, in Philippians 2.15, we will shine, and this is one of my favorite expressions in the New Testament, we will shine like stars in the universe. Paul says, as you hold out the word of life. God wants us, and he declares that we do, in fact, in Christ, shine like stars in the universe. You know, look up at a, a beautiful clear night we get here in Maine, especially to, through the winter time. sometimes. It's, like, it's almost like you can reach up and pluck those stars out of the sky. It's a crystal clear night. And against that black sky, all these stars are so vividly shining. And there's millions of them, billions of them. That's the kind of imagery Paul's using here. He says, shine like stars in the universe. In Jesus' words, let your light shine before men. Do the good deeds of the kingdom. They'll bring glory to your Father in heaven, and they will be drawn to that light. Let's stand. So I'm just going to invite those that are on the ministry team to come up this morning. I just want to uh, pray. <coughs> <coughs> Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for Jesus.